2: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. State Senator Scott Weiner is yet again introducing a bill to make it easier to build affordable housing on land owned by religious groups and nonprofit colleges. This is his third try, and as KQED's Bun Lamoudi reports, he thinks it'll have a better chance this time around. Churches, mosques, temples
3: own a lot of land in California, and as the housing crisis grows more dire, they want to use it to build housing. Here's David Bocarsley with the Jewish Public Affairs Committee of California.
1: There are a number of synagogues that have already expressed interest in doing this work, um, that have already started to try to go through the existing processes
0: to build housing, and it's, it's not easy.
3: Affordable housing is expensive and complicated to build. Seasoned housing developers know how to navigate the bureaucracy, but organizations like synagogues or nonprofit colleges aren't as savvy. And then there's the politics, which can halt a project altogether. Enter Senator Weiner's bill, SB 4.
1: This legislation will avoid a politicized approval process. Uh, it provides that if you meet the criteria, then... The city has to ground the permit within a short period of time.
3: Weiner now has the backing of major labor unions, so he's confident that the bill will pass. And affordable housing developers say this bill is an important one. Here's Sam Moss from nonprofit Mission Housing.
4: We all agree that high quality, affordable housing for our low, middle income people is important and that housing is a human right.
3: The California Association of Realtors opposed the previous bill and has not responded to KQED's request for comment about whether this new one addresses their concerns. For the California Report, I'm Aditi Bandlamudi in San Francisco.
2: To cut costs, California is moving forward on closing two more prisons. State corrections officials announced yesterday that they will shut down the privately run California City Correctional Facility in Kern County in March of 2024. The state says it plans to close Chuckawalla Valley State Prison in Riverside County a year later. Corrections officials say they also plan to close sections of six other prisons. This comes after the Newsom administration pushed to close a state prison in Susanville and shut down another prison in Tracy.
0: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
2: Jaywalking. It's a law many of us have probably broken many times in our lives by crossing the street outside of designated crosswalks. But if you've ever thought twice about jaywalking because of fear of getting a ticket, that will soon change. Starting on January 1st, California's Freedom to Walk Act becomes law. It will prohibit police from writing jaywalking tickets unless people are caught trying to cross the street in clearly dangerous traffic conditions. The law is considered a victory for transportation advocates who want to make our cities and suburbs more pedestrian-friendly and car-centric. My California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez talked about the pros and cons of decriminalizing jaywalking with John Yee. He's the executive director of Los Angeles Walks, which fights for people-centered planning. Saul and John met up on the street of L.A.'s Koreatown.
0: All right, John Yee, we are at the corner of Western Avenue and 7th Street in Koreatown here to talk about the Freedom to Walk Act. Why did you want
4: to meet me here? All right, so let's just check out the space. On one side of the street, you have Ralph's, a major grocery store that's incredibly popular amongst all the residents. And right across the street, you have tons of multi-unit residential buildings. You have a big hotel. A gigantic tower, a residential tower, and so what you naturally will then have is people crossing the street to get across. There's a lot of jaywalking there's that happens. There's a lot of jaywalking, too. yeah. But as you can see, there's no crosswalk between 7th and Wilshire. There's this gigantic gap, and so people don't want to walk up or walk down, so they jaywalk. And so again, they're using the space which they feel is the most safest, which is cross midway.
0: And is that wise to you? Is, is that a proper use of the street to cross at places outside of the
4: crosswalk? I do it all the time. I do it because it's fast, efficient, and it feels safer.
0: So in very practical terms at a, at a location like this, and so many other places like it, right, and many other California cities and suburban communities, what do you hope this new
4: law accomplishes? What I hope new law, this new law accomplishes is, A, less number of tickets given out to people across at that intersection right there, but also be an understanding that people are jaywalking for a reason, not to be scofflaws, not to break the law, but because they want to get somewhere more efficiently and faster. And so by decriminalizing it, we're then giving a space to ask ourselves, why are people jaywalking to begin with? But we can't ask that question if we make it a crime. So
0: when it comes to the Freedom to Walk Act and allowing people to cross the street outside of crosswalks, is that is that more important symbolically as a way of kind of taken back the streets than it is in
4: terms of its day-to-day effect? That I love that question. And to be honest, I think yes. What I will say is this about the law. The law in itself will not save pedestrians. You have to have infrastructure change at the end of the day. You can't continue to build cities and neighborhoods based off of based off of cars, but yet people allowed to cross mid-street. We have to ask ourselves, why are people crossing mid-street? And once we answer that question, we should be able to make infrastructure changes to prevent people from doing it. So does that mean more crosswalks? Does that mean more street signage? Does that mean slower traffic? So those are the questions that we should be followed up afterwards, but I agree. In a way, it's symbolic, but I think in a certain point, symbolism is also powerful.
0: As you know, we're in the midst of a public safety crisis when it comes to the the safety of our streets. And a lot of pedestrians and cyclists are getting killed out there. Is this a wise thing to do? Keeping in mind, our streets are
4: already pretty dangerous as they are now. I would say this, in isolation of the law, it may seem like pretty crazy why we decriminalizing jaywalking when the streets are already so dangerous. And I get that feeling, especially if you look at the law by itself. But if you look at the law in the larger scope of how we are decriminalizing public space for certain communities, by changing our streets to be less car-centric, this is a part of a larger effort of really reprioritizing our public space for people walking and biking.
0: All right. I've been talking to John Yi, Executive Director of Los Angeles Walks. John, thanks so much for joining us on The California Report. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: And that's The California Report for Wednesday, December 7th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Adi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day
4: support for the California report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health on the web at chcf.org/lbca. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at org.
3: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners –